This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Richie McCormick here with you tonight. Uh, yesterday, Sport Ireland announced that the IABA, Governing Irish Amateur Boxing, would see 15% of its core funding stripped after at an EGM this weekend, this past weekend, they failed to adopt governance reforms uh, that were set forth by Sport Ireland and indeed by the IABA's own governance review published earlier this year. Uh, to look at what could possibly happen next with the IABA, we're joined on the line uh, by story boxy journalist Sean McGoldrick. Sean, you're very welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Richie. You were in Roscommon at the weekend for this EGM. Uh, it was a big turnout, I think you mentioned, of 135 clubs. Uh, 101 were represented on uh, Sunday at this EGM. What was the mood heading into this? Because this EGM, I guess, had been a bit of a oil and coming. Uh, yes, the mood was, uh, how should we describe it, very defiant, Richie. Uh, uh, delegates had a lot of... And, uh, just to, to clarify, these were representing clubs because of the various... Stru- because of the structure of the IABA. They were in... in uh, a defiant mood, I think it was a kind of, uh, it was almost a referendum on the IABA leadership and it was fairly clear, well actually it was clear before the meeting that there was absolutely no way that the motion, the, the Pacific motion about the reform uh, uh, package would, would get the 85% uh, vote, or sorry, uh, yes, would get that kind of a vote, 75% actually, mm. um, which was needed to, to see it over the line like it's it's an extremely high threshold at the best of times. So um, uh, the, the mood was basically defiant, and that was reflected in uh, in the speeches. I think there was maybe uh, there was about maybe ten speakers, uh, and I think only one uh, backed the proposal. So you could see where it was going from uh, an early stage, despite all the the uh, the chairman of the board of directors, Kieran Kerman, uh, made an address. The chief executive. Uh, Fergal Cruz also spoke, and uh, Paul McDermott from Sport Ireland um, also addressed the delegates. And they all three made it clear what the consequences were uh, if they didn't vote yes. But uh, I mean, it was obvious <laughs> at this stage they weren't going to heed anybody's advice. And I think I think the minister's intervention uh, earlier backfired totally. Now I don't I don't think there was much prospect of it ever being passed hmm. with that kind of a high threshold. But uh, whatever slight chance of not getting a, any kind of respectable vote, um, you know, it, it disappeared pretty quickly when uh, when the minister made his intervention. And basically, I mean, the the message was clear that uh, you know, uh, just making financial threats uh, against the uh, well against the clubs particularly wasn't going to wash. And you have to understand, or listeners have to understand, that the reason for this is that clubs don't get very little of the funds that are uh, the government funding. Like the vast majority of the funding goes towards uh, the high performance and basically paying the wages of the various staff. Now, there are various communities. I was just looking at the financial statement of the last year before you came on air there. Mm-hmm. There are various community schemes, particularly in Dublin. Uh, there's a Dublin City Council program and there's also... Uh, a DCC Healthy Lifestyle Program and various, uh, also a community employment scheme. And it's not clear, actually, uh, it's not clear whether they're going to be affected, at least in the short term. 
But the point is that, as, as the delegates repeatedly said, like for the minister to make, uh, you know, uh, these warnings about the financial cuts, well, they said we don't get any money anyway, anyway directly, so so it doesn't affect us. So uh, that was the kind of that was the kind of a mood. It was. It wasn't really uh, about the motions, about the reform. It was just about where the state of relations are between uh, a sizable proportion of volunteers, coaches, county board officers, provincial board officers, and even members of, of the board of directors. Uh, between them and the higher echelons of management within the organisation, I mean, there has been a total. It has been totally fractured uh, for, for well, particularly in the last year, and uh, that was a reflection of uh, the mood in the meeting. Mm. Meeting reflected that. When the minister Jack Chambers and when Sport Ireland talk about governance reforms and they want to see adequate governance reforms, there was a governance review. Um, essentially, uh, which was kind of uh, set forth, the chairman of the IBA uh, requested an independent review of the governance model of the IBA to car- be carried out. That was published earlier this year. And within that review, there were 64 different recommendations uh, for governance review. And they covered different elements as regards uh, kind of governance structures themselves, grassroots, culture and behaviour, etc., etc., etc. There's an awful lot to go through. Um, what were the sticking points as regards those reforms from the point of view of the delegates on Sunday and why were they so strongly taking away the Jack Chambers element? Why are they so strongly against these reforms and, and how can this, I guess, impasse be, be uh, I guess, broken? All right. You'd have to forgive me. Um, it's a bit like the Northern Ireland Protocol. If you thought it was complicated, you should, you should try understanding this. This has a long history and this is the real problem. In that, originally, the, the uh, IABA was an amateur organization, and it, it was, you know, it existed, it was founded in, in 1911. And up until the turn of this century, it basically had a, had a staff of one. So after the uh, Sydney Games in 2000, uh, there was a report commissioned by uh, uh, the Sports Council of Ireland, as they were called then, uh, into Ireland's performance, and uh, this report identified or suggested the creation of high-performance programs in, in various sports. And obviously, because of Ireland's tradition in boxing, um, boxing was one of the sports prioritised. And Gary Keegan set about setting up a high-performance program. But the government decided that um, you know if they were going to be pouring a lot of money into boxing and other sports they would need what they would call proper governance structure. So there was another report commission called the Genesis Report, uh, and it suggested the creation of, uh, of um, basically a board of directors to oversee all this. And this is actually where the problem started. So in 2008, there was an EGM. Uh, I, I wasn't really covering Boston at the time, but it was quite controversial. But by, uh, I think, margin of four votes, uh, this proposal was passed which led to the creation of uh, a board of directors. Now, that has been a thorny subject ever since, so much so that uh, in the immediate aftermath of the 2008 vote, uh, there was a high court case taken by the Dublin County Board, which would be the biggest in the country, uh, against the decision. Now, the case was eventually thrown out, and just to make matters worse, um, the 31 members who took the case... uh, got stung with legal costs of something like over 60000 which was a lot of money at the time, and they had to fundraise and pay off that. 
So that left a very sour taste at the start, and quite honestly, that has never, ever been resolved. But the real problem at, at the moment is it hasn't a huge amount got to do with, with the report, because most people on, on the two sides of the divide would agree that there is reform needed. But it's just that there has been a complete breakdown of relationship between, uh, as I said earlier, between the volunteers, the coaches, and the, and the, and the higher echelons. And just to give you one example, and this has caused, uh, and this probably uh, meant that the, the reform package never had any chance of, of uh, being voted through. There was a long-standing row, uh, which has been going on for two years, actually since 2019, about the composition of the existing board of directors. Uh, and the members, i.e. the officials and the, the ordinary members, insist that at 29, in 2019, at an AGM in Belmont, it was decided that there'd be two new directors added, <clears throat> but that the board of directors, uh, for, for whatever reason, didn't implement this. Now, there was a minority of members of the board of directors who wanted them wanted to go ahead and appoint these, but it, it didn't go ahead for whatever reason. And this row festered for a long time to a point where um, eventually the Leinster Council at a, at a meeting passed a motion to withdraw support from the IABA Central Council in protest against this, against the fact that as they see that the, the Central Council wasn't making enough noise to the Board of Management uh, about these two new directors being appointed. And the Dublin County Board and the Connacht Council also supported that. Um, and then uh, just to explain, I mean, the structure of the IABA is, is very convoluted at the best of times. So you have a board of directors who, when they were formed, were initially seen to look after basically the, the financial end of it and the overall. And then you have the Central Council or the Boxing Council who were supposed to, or who are charged with the day-to-day running and organising the various championships, etc., etc. But over the years, there are kind of roles of, well, they're not quite defined. Uh, and as, the, as the, the members of the Central Council would see it, the, the Board of Directors have encroached on their territory. But that's a slightly separate issue. The, the specific issue, in a while, was that the Central Council, as it was then constituted, uh, proposed that 25 people be banned basically for life, which was an extraordinary punitive, um, you know, action to take because of their because they withdrew their support from them, uh, and the board of directors sent this to. Well, it, at the outset, it, it looked like it was a disciplinary extra issue, but the board of directors decided it was a membership issue, so it was sent to a membership subcommittee who basically rubber-stamped the decision. So there were 25 members, uh, long-standing, like people who had been there for 50 years, including a, a man who was in his 80s, uh, Paddy Keogh, who's a legendary figure in boxing in Dublin. Uh, they were all well, basically banned for life. Um, so they took a case uh, to uh, an arbitration body, uh, and they won their case. And now it, it dragged on for quite a while, but... Mm. The decision was announced in March, but there was a, a significant sting in the tail in that they were, and they had to pay, they ended up paying their own legal costs, which basically amounted to €2,000 each. So as you can imagine, that uh, has caused uh, a lot of friction and bad feeling. So it was against this background that 
uh, I always felt that there was absolutely no chance that the uh, the reform package at the moment would go through. So uh, it hasn't. It, it, it's difficult to explain it, but it, it hasn't really got the vote on Sunday was not so much a reflection on the well, I was in the package, but it was more on the general dissatisfaction. And this was the chance of the clubs to prevent their anger. Uh, so we're left. We're unfortunately the end result of that is we're left with. Uh, a big standoff between the various parties. Yeah, it seems like a bizarre platform. I know it's the biggest platform they have to make that kind of a statement, but similarly, it's going to hurt the sport in the country and, and uh, eat into the funding, as you mentioned. And, and uh, Una May from Sport Ireland yesterday has already promised that there'll be further sanctions uh, unless the reforms are adequately tackled, I guess, within the next couple of months. But there doesn't seem to be like I was listening to Jerry O'Mahony yesterday, the, the newly elected president. He obviously got elected on Sunday too. He was speaking to WLR and he said that essentially the reforms haven't been rejected. In his view, they just needed tweaking. Um, have they given any kind of uh, guidance as to what kind of tweaks are needed or is it just a case that Sport Ireland, Jack Chambers and whoever wants to represent the IABA need to sit down in a room and thrash this thing out sensibly and like adults because this kind of finger pointing sanction upon sanction doesn't seem like it's going to have any great impact or any I don't think anybody's going to have their aims met by this kind of tactic from either side Oh yeah I'll actually agree more that's what I was going to suggest that unless the parties I mean you're talking about the there actually is there was one significant change at Sunday which probably hasn't been underreported but uh, and that included the election of Jerry Amani there was basically a new Central Council appointed. So uh, the old Central Council had basically ceased to function. They had, had, they had only one meeting this year and they fail, failed to raise a quorum at it. So it had, it had basically had become totally dysfunctional. So there's now, there's now a new Central Council in place. But basically until the various parties uh, get together in a room and so probably under an independent arbitrator or negotiator and, and trash it out, the, the the real difficulty is that it's hard to, to see whether the, the, where agreement could be reached by the current. And I'm not going to use names because it's not fair. People can't answer until the the leadership of the organisation until there's a new regime, shall we say, and that that presents huge difficulties. So uh, there's no there's no easy fix solution. I mean, the other solution is is uh, Armageddon in, in is to dissolve. It has happened to other sports organisations to actually dissolve it, uh, dissolve the IABA as it's, as it's co- currently constituted and to set up a, a new organisation. Now, I would argue, having spent the last few years looking at this, that organisationally it's, it's too convoluted. I, like, I don't understand why it has to be a limited company, for example, yeah. because uh, that means that uh, if you want to change the articles of association, you have to have a 75% backing. <laughs> As anybody who's been involved in sports organisations knows that there's about 10% of all members against everything, regardless of what it is. Yeah, look at Congress and, and, and in GA <laughs> exactly. in terms well, of having to get onto the there. Yeah. Uh, but that's because uh, they can't change that because it's a company. Like I don't understand why it just couldn't be like uh, like the GA, which is a much bigger organisation, operate quite successfully. They have a separate company that looks after uh, Crow Park and that's fine but the organize, the, the rest of it is just an organisation with a central council Sean par- pardon me if you don't know the answer to this what is the point of being a limited company? 
I've no, I don't know. That that was part of the genesis, the genesis, I think, report, and that was the model that was adopted, but I think it's completely, it's not fit for a purpose. And it also creates this, uh, now this is addressed in fairness in the review, it, it creates this problem that the board, nobody quite knows what the, the board of directors' functions are, uh, and then what the central council functions are, and there's constant conflict uh, well, you can understand between the two of them, and that doesn't even get into the where the role the high performance play in, like who who well the high performance is answerable mostly uh, to the uh, to the board of directors, but it is a very for a relatively small organisation uh, organisationally. Uh, in my book it's all over the shop to be honest yeah well looking at some of the recommendations that were made obviously by this review earlier on in the year it was that central council be reduced in size from the current 37 and and that was an approximate number 37 members down to 15 and and the board of directors increased from 10 to 12 and the compositions of which would obviously change along the way as well but 37 members of a central council for a boxing uh, union in Ireland seems mad yeah well it seems it was at a it was uh, maybe it was maybe fifteen twenty uh, some time ago, and it's, it's suddenly under the, the the last president apparently it increased to thirty five for reasons that are not clear. Uh, the other issue I should say about the board of directors is that this is another bone of contention with members is that they it, it is proposed that six members of the board of directors uh, would be appointed by an outside body. Now the the boxing fraternity for want of a better word, have reservations about this. Because one of their complaints is that since 2008, they have gradually lost control of their sport uh, and that people, people who have been appointed, um, shall we say, are not what they were concerned, boxing people. Now, that's probably an unfair uh, accusation. But they, would, they want to know like, who, who's going to appoint uh, you know, is it an independent body or is it a single individual or who exactly is A going to appoint the chairman and B who's going to appoint the new directors and also a clear definition of what precisely the role is. So uh, that is a stumbling block and that was the actual motion that was, um, you know, thrown out on Sunday. So there's a huge amount of, there's a huge amount of uh, work to be done and that doesn't take into account the fact that there's a lot of, you know, ill-feeling personality clashes, or call you what the last mm. has been built up over the past decade. And one of the things I, when I was writing the piece on Sunday, one of the things I wrote about was the fact that the boxing officials tend to be what I call lifers. I mean, the same people that when I got involved in the sport years ago, they're still around. I mean, nobody can fault them. They're fantastic volunteers, but it's probably they don't have, for instance, that rule, the GA rule, like where you go after five years or you at least change position. So there's a lot of people who were involved, say, pre-2008, are still involved. Now, there are new people. Uh, but the, the volunteers uh, would argue that there'd be no boxing only for them. I mean, they do the work, uh, you, know, night, uh, you know, on seven nights a week or whatever in the clubs, uh, and they resent the fact that, that as they feel that they have been pushed out uh, of the organisation at the highest level. And that it's, so it's a cultural thing as much as anything else. I mean, as I said, it's an extremely intricate uh, and it's extremely difficult to see to see a way through as to, um, you know, how everybody, um, you know, can be satisfied. But 
I was thinking about it, uh, Eddie Hearn, the, uh, I don't mean to be flippant, Eddie Hearn, the, um, basically the driving force behind uh, Matchroom, and mm. who manages Katie Taylor, has a famous say that uh, in boxing, if you throw enough money at any problem, it will sort it out. Now, I'm not saying that any amount of money would sort out this, but I think if the clubs ultimately are to be brought around, the, uh, you know, the government or the Minister for Sport or whoever will have to put a package of, of measures together and, you know, to finance, to basically directly aid the clubs. Because I was just looking, um, I, was, I was looking it up last week, and the last capital, which is basically the capital grants, that you know, the sports capital sure, yeah. grants that go to sports policies, mm. um, the, in the 2020 announcement, which I think might have been for maybe 2018 or 2019, because of COVID, it might have been delayed. But anyway, there was uh, 143.8 million distributed uh, all throughout, in the 26 counties, obviously, only, uh, to various sports projects. And I think there was about 15 boxing projects got a princely sum of uh, 360,000. So you can see... That despite all the, despite a, the success of boxing as, a, as an Olympic sport and world championships, et cetera, et cetera, and despite the social value of boxing, which everybody agrees is, is invaluable to, to Irish society because it's, it's, it looks after the underprivileged and lots of places where Sorry, yeah. other sports would never have any reach, it is, in my view, hopelessly underfunded by the government. So, and I just thought, uh, you know, the government are coming down heavy on the IABA and maybe they're right but they have some questions to answer themselves and the other issue which I would have with both Sport Ireland and, and the Minister is that the, so this problem has, hasn't developed overnight uh, and particularly in the last 12 months I, I mean I was tired sending them emails pointing out the various issues that had arisen like one of the most contentious was uh, as a result of that what I mentioned earlier about yeah. those 23 members being banned uh, the underage championships, like juvenile championships, this is young kids now, like uh, in probably their first championship. There was 50 kids from Leinster not allowed to compete in the Leinster Championship last year. And the, basically the minister and Sport Ireland stood idly by and allowed that to happen. I mean, instead of calling the parties in and saying, listen, lads, whatever about your, your uh, differences at boardroom level, there's no way that, there's no way that kids should be deprived of, of competing in the championship. Yeah. So... You can see, you can see why it's a mess, Sean. Basically, it's <laughs> yeah. a mess. Do you know what? I've come out of this piece, and it wasn't my intention. Probably with more questions about the IABA that probably need to be untangled. Yeah. And I'll take, uh, God, I'll take a series uh, to get this thing unpicked. So God knows what Una May and and Jack Chambers and the heads of the IABA are going to do over the next while. I've a feeling we'll be talking to you again soon about this, though, Sean. So stick by your phone, uh, Sean McGoldrick from the Sunday World. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richie. Cheers, Sean.